Welcome to The Scoop, brought to you by Indeed, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Scoop for the first time in 2024. I am Craig. And I am Lauren. We are your Veronica Corningstone and Ron Burgundy of TA News. And actually, Craig, I've got to say, I was waiting for you to say 2023. I know, I know. I usually do that, but I've been practicing. I know you do. (laughs) I can usually set my clock by that. (laughs) It's been a few weeks since we've done news, right? Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. And I've been watching the news over the Christmas period. It's all just been doom and fucking gloom. As usual. But nothing changes in our world at the moment. And then then uh, you wake up this morning and it looks like Donald Trump's going to be the fucking Republican candidate. Oh, well, that was always going to happen. But there's there's yeah, a long way to go. Is, I, oh, I know there's a long way to go, but I guess get this awful feeling that if he goes up against Sleepy Joe, well, it'll He's going to get back in, and then uh, then they've got the fascist regime. Look, I'm going off on a tangent <laughs> already. Anyway, <laughs> start know, how you mean to I go know. on. But I'm starting off with some freaking good news. Woo! I know, winning at life right now, people. Inflation has fallen to a near two-year low of 4.3%, according to the Fin Review. Its lowest rate in November, its annual inflation fell to 4.3% um, from 4.9 in October, which is a Big bloody jump, 0.6%, as price pressures for consumer goods and moderated, moderated alongside softening demand by the ABS. Uh, that's what they've said last week. So this is a good sign it because if this sign. is going to go down, rates will eat, they will steady, people will start wanting to spend money on the tech projects and stuff that they want to do and businesses will expand. Yep, and I've even noticed that petrol's not quite as expensive as it was a few months ago. So hopefully Oh, isn't it? No, it's got not too bad. It's dollar sixty five down my way. <laughs> I don't even pay attention. I just fill the car up <laughs> when it needs it. But, I don't drive that far, so I don't go through a lot of petrol. So I'm not that blind to the price of petrol oh, prices. I just don't use all Well, lot. I'm out in the burb, so you know, petrol's one of those things. Yeah, well you do need a passport to get to your house, buddy. <laughs> Hey, I've got one from our wonderful friends at Indeed. Half Mm. of Aussie workers want to look for a new job in 2024. So a global job site report by Indeed reveals that over three quarters, so 77% of Australians are not thriving at work with stress and burnout a major problem. And over half, Mm. 58% said that work-life balance is the most important factor. And these sentiments have resulted in half of Aussie workers planning to look for a new job this year, a potential issue given that the labour market is still pretty tight uh, in in many, many industries. And it is interesting. So I hope all the recruiters who've come back from their holidays realise that – along with their HR teams internally, they need to make sure that their mm. employees are engaged, but also start tap, tap, tapping on the shoulder of those people that you've wanted to for quite a while. Well, yeah, I think there's a bit of a case of um, all of last year that people went back feeling that people were quitting. So yep. the pressure on people last year was just enormous to not only do their job, but to pick up chores from someone else who's quit that they haven't replaced. And I think that that's causing a lot of the burnout and the stress. And I think that's probably why people are wanting to leave. What do you think? Yeah, I do. And there's another, I mean, HRD magazine also reckons that 22% of employees globally are not satisfied with their job at the moment. It's an all-time low. And even worse, non-supervisory staff, only 13% of them are happy in their job. Is that a global stat? That's a global stat. 
Shit. Yep. Wow, so, there you so go. there's going to be a lot yeah. of movement, I reckon. There could be a lot of movement. Let's hope there's a lot of jobs for us to fill out there, buddy. Oh, let's. Let's. I know. So how is your summer going anyway? Who, mine? Mm. I'm no, too- I'm, not, I'm talking to the wall behind <laughs> you, dickhead. Well, what? I broke my ankle at the start of it. I um, know. And then I've spent a lot of time recently just working within some flood stuff. But it's been good. The, the weather's finally starting to get good, which is nice just when we're coming back the to work, isn't it? The is on. Yeah. You can set your clock to the tennis and good weather in Melbourne, can't you? Oh, absolutely. I'm off to the tennis on Friday and Saturday this week, so I am looking forward to that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Spending time with some friends and going to watch some tennis. One mm. of my favourite things to do in the world. Now, my next good news story. I'm just wow, doing all the good news you. today. Bloody hell. Well, so far I am anyway. You're like Santa. I know. I'm like the good the good New Year spirit. <laughs> okay, so HR, take note. Gender pay gap data will be published in February, according to HRD, and we know this across Australia, according to so many sources. So from 27th of Feb, the WGIA, Workplace Gender Equality Agency, is going to publish a gender pay gap of businesses with more than 100 employees. And it comes after Parliament passed legislation to publish gender pay gap information. So this is for the first time we will see an individual level of what's happening in individual businesses across Australia, according to the Women's Minister, Katie Gallagher. She also added that it is a good indicator of how long it's going to take to close the gender pay gap. So I think uh, everyone's in agreement that 25 years is too long. According to World Global Stats, we're looking at about 108 years. So I am I think that this is a good thing, that basically it's any, it, it's a name and shame, I'm calling it, um, or name and celebrate, that <laughs> they are going to be publishing the names of the people who – and they're even going granular to what department. So it's not just going to be an overview of everything where C-suite or dominate and then they just put your numbers off or skill whiffy. There's going to be quite a few uh, different ones there. So you're going to be able to get down and dirty with it. Uh, but there's also going to be more changes taking place on 1st of April. So do take note of that. So I think that this is the time, people, to really have a look and make sure that you are getting – this num- these numbers right and doing it time efficiently. Mm. But I can't wait for this. I can't wait to see who yeah. and what data. At- oh, man, am I going to yeah. just fucking love this? I, I agree with this you. I think, it's a- in itself. <laughs> I think it's a great thing. Uh, I just think it's a shame that it's it's an order as opposed to people choosing to do the right thing. I'm not going to choose it Well, it's going to cost know. some bloody money. Well, and it'll – but it will quicken the the bridging of the gap, which is amazing. But like I said, it's just it's just a shame that people need to be told, well, we're going to name and shame for you and not get your shit right, apart from them saying, well, we'll go and do it out of the goodness of our heart and do what's right. So anyway, it's just um, it's very interesting. But I too, like you, are going to get the popcorn out and um, can't oh. wait to see can't wait to see who the real baddies are. Oh, it's going to be awesome! It's going to be. Awesome. I can't wait. And especially considering it's approximately, oh, I, I think it's around about 12 days before International Women's Day. So it's going to be interesting oh. on who is just going to be all cupcakes and celebrate and who's taking action because yeah, the numbers yeah. don't lie. Mm, very interesting. Hey, I've got one here from yeah. Unleash. 
the Body Shop says goodbye to resumes. So with their initiative, Open Hiring, the Body Shop dials into people's potential rather than past experience. So, I mean, to see how it works, get this, the first person who applies for each role gets the opportunity. No application screening. There's no traditional interview phase. So they just have to answer three questions. Are you legally eligible to work? Can you work for up to eight hours? And can you carry a certain amount of weight? So can you deal with the physical demands of the shop or warehouse? And it's all based on trust. And they're looking to employ 1,500 people globally via this initiative. What what do you think on that? I, I know you and I briefly discussed it just before we went on air, and I suppose it's industry by industry. It will work well in that, and it could work well in some retail, but it's the first movement away from resumes that I'm seeing properly, which is good. There's a few companies doing this sort of stuff because they're just hiring salespeople and things like that. So it's and shop assistants and that type of thing. So it's not exactly a um, a deal breaker, is it? Really? Uh, if they're no good, they'll just get rid of them in the day. Imagine how imagine how quickly you can get the recruitment process done. God, it'd be great. Well, first in best dressed, hey. Mm. Mm. Well, that'll be fun. I suppose they're not asking any other questions, though, are they? <laughs> no, just if you get on the phone quickly. It's like being on a co- radio competition. First pillar on, oh, on first line eight. Oh, I get some <laughs> free steak knives and a job. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Oh, but there's more. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in HR Director Magazine, the headline reads, most employers plan to track office attendance. And I went, "Mm, there's been a lot of noise around this the last few weeks. I've noticed over the the break, I've been uh, keeping up with it. So in 24, 91%, this is an American uh, article, by the way, 91% of companies will require employees to th- attend the office at least once a month, while 75% will mandate employees being in the office on a weekly basis. Almost 90% of companies are enforcing at least one day in the office. Attendants say uh, one day in, a, in the office attendance say they will definitely or probably track office attendance. Of these, 62% plan to use badge swipes which is okay, <laughs> while 50% will use manual tracking according to a survey done by ResumeBuilder.com. <laughs> also, 50% will use Wi-Fi, 43% will use occupancy sensors, like you when you park your car. <laughs> Wide load, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> And 38% will use under-desk sensors. That's <laughs> What's an under-desk sensor? I don't know what an underdesk sensor is. I just hope it's not um, taking pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Careful what you wear to work. Article. So, I like we went through some articles last year. We've had this discussion. Like people taking the piss, going, "Oh, we don't want to go back here." Never. We all knew this was a temporary fix. Mm. In some cases, it has been a permanent change, which has been great if that's what you want. But if you can't get off your ass and get out of your house and get to the office two days a week, one day a week, uh, peel that tracksuit off yourself. Mm. Get back into society. It's not hard. They're not asking you to come back in five days a week, most companies. So I I don't think it's a big issue if you can't do it. And look, if you took the jump to move to a different city kilometres away from the headquarters where you originally worked, that's a risk you've taken. And I'm mm. afraid maybe it didn't pan out. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's an individual negotiation you have to do. Gee. How value are you to that company? 
So all these factors come into it. And I think it, it does have to be done on an individual basis. But if a company's saying two days a week, it's not hard. I have no, to exactly. spend two days a week with you for fuck's sake. Yeah, and that is hard. That that is real hard. <laughs> but I think you know, I think you're right. I mean, the the day or the time of digital nomads uh, is probably I'm not going to say passing, but not going to be as as prevalent as what we first thought. Um, and you know, yeah. one or two days a week is is going to be the norm. So even if you're applying for roles and it says work remotely, it's going to have to be hybrid. It's just going to have to be hybrid. Mm. Businesses can't can't function um, fully remote on the whole. Mm. I, I I agree. It, it does, in some cases, in the majority of cases, I think it does harm culture mm. and that team camaraderie. But they're also looking at consequences. Like no, it said, thirty three percent consider a termination for non compliance and other uh, potential repercussions, including redu- reduced bonuses, benefits, and salaries. Yeah. Yeah, you're anyway, right. right. Let's see how this pans out because I think we'll be talking about this for a few years yet. Okay, my first article for the year on AI. From oh, here we go. From did AI write it for you? <laughs> no, it didn't. From Unleash, one in four people do not trust their employer will implement AI responsibly in the workplace. This is new right, data from <laughs> this is new data from IBM. Um, it says that over forty two percent of enterprise size companies are already actively deployed AI, uh, mostly for to replace manual repetitive tasks, automation, customer self service actions, and training and reskilling. Um, they're saying that it will grow dramatically over the next two years, and it's saying that. The countries leading the way on AI investment were India, the UAE, Singapore, and China, and those lagging behind most were Spain, Australia, and France. Woo! But they're also saying that four in five workers said their organisation is yet to share guidance on responsible AI, plus a quarter of employees aren't confident their organisation is putting oh, work interests in front of AI. That just comes back to what we were AI. saying last year, with a lack of regulation mm. around AI. Employers don't know what they're doing, what they can do and can't do. Uh, we're not getting any guidance from the government. And to be honest, how many times do we hear, oh, let's get this, this is great. But then you ask the question of to do what? Yeah, yeah. And they can't answer the question. Well, when you know, when you, you've got in a lot of businesses bean counters making the decisions um, and they're just seeing dollar signs that they're going to save, uh, a lot of the regulation and, and how it will affect the culture and employees just doesn't get taken into account. So we implore people making decisions to think about it properly, think about how it will affect mm. and how it will integrate with your current workforce. I Look, I agree. And I think if you are not sure about guidance and what you can and can't do, look to the regulations of the EU is my best yeah. advice to anyone at the moment because they seem to at least be taking a step forward where the Australian government have not done shit. No, that's sort of – they're hoping to ignore it and it'll go away, I think. <laughs> not like that new fangdangled internet thing. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, this one actually was in the Fin Review this week, and I was um, – this is a UK study, mm-hmm. and it the headline, employee perks that are a waste of, bo- of bosses' money. I was like, okay, this is interesting. Where is this going to go? So it was a new study by University of Oxford which delivered a scathing assessment. I love the word scathing. Scathing. Of well-being programs aimed at changing individual workers rather than improving their workplace. So mm. this was very interesting. So they surveyed 
46,336 people yep. across 233 organisations in the UK. And they found that the relaxation practices, time managed coaching, financial wellbeing programs, wellbeing apps, sleep apps, sleep events delivered, no improvement on average to employee wellbeing at all. Wow. Just pure and utter hype. Fluff, huh? Fluff, fluff, fluff. Yep. The only individual level well-being intervention associated with the positive effect was access to volunteering opportunities. Employers have to be more ambitious to get the root cause of stress and enhance how work is undertaken, the study goes on to say. Now, I found that interesting mm. because I just think a lot of the well-being apps are ridiculous. I, mind you, I do like my Calm app with my sleep noise. Yep, yep. And now they do have some good meditation ones as well, which helps me relax at the end of the day when I'm having got a hundred things running through my head and what shit I've got to fix it. You fucked up. <laughs> so um, I think that the volunteering opportunities is a good one because, as you know, Craig, we've just done a huge drive before Christmas for fitted for work for women mm-hmm. who are trying to get financial independence coming out of domestic violence situations, and I do some work with uh, dogs. Yep. But everyone knows that I love dogs <laughs> <laughs> and animals. But I think that the volunteering opportunities, it's not just about, well, it is. You're helping your employees. You've got their well-being and they feel good about doing something, but you're helping community. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that, um, you know, you can't force people to volunteer, but if it's something that people no. are open to, it really does help uh, man- help you manage your stress and, and anxiety levels. But even, like, I know we take a day off to go on a Christmas party in December and stuff like that. Why not as an organisation put it to the C-suite or whoever that we have a whole entire department day where our department's out today, we're volunteering at, I don't know, the Salvation Army, we're volunteering mm. at a dog shelter or or have three different, four different choices for your people to go and choose where it's a paid day and you get out of the office and you're doing it as a team. We'd love to hear from anyone who's listening who maybe is doing something like that at work Absolutely. and how it is affecting the I want to hear about what your wellness. company policies are on volunteer days, how mm. you do them, how you structure them, because if this is what's come out of it, that that's the best individual well-being intervention that they've got, why are we not doing more of it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, last one okay. from me today from The Guardian, post TikToks, not CVs. Oh, God, quality newspaper again. <laughs> not CVs. The Hilton Hotel in Australia is chasing Gen Z workers. So Hilton Ho- Hotel chain is encouraging job seekers to ditch conventional resumes when applying for a role and post a TikTok instead. They're basically saying in their video that promotes it to go and publicly post from their TikTok accounts, tag the Hilton with the hashtag HireMeHilton. Now, one of the reasons and the main reason and they say behind it is because they fear that particularly Gen Z are using chat GPT too much in their applications and they want to see what people can do via video rather than have them tell them in words that they probably didn't write themselves. My inventive idea of getting around chat GPT. Yeah, and like you said again earlier that this is a an, another, another industry where perhaps um, you can do something like this because it's customer service, right, front of house, mm. those sort of things where you're interacting with guests all of the time. So your ability to communicate is pretty important. Yeah, because I remember a while ago, um, Guzman and Gomez, the mm-hmm, Mexican mm-hmm. chain, they were doing recruitment via TikTok. Mm. 
Yeah. And again, I so think that's, it's um, that's it's, something else because you're in customer service most of the time, aren't you, in those roles? So it's interesting. It's interesting and, to see what people are doing to come around the so-called cheating of candidates yeah. now that chat GPT is out and what they're trying to do to mitigate that. And particularly that they're giving that as the main reason. Now, I, I When I read that bit, I thought, wow, someone's actually people are actually thinking about that properly now. That's good. I know. That is a good thing. It is a good thing. Mind you, we're not doing any TikTok, Craig. We're not going to get up there and do a dance. Well, um, I know we've moved on to no more news items and you're going to talk about upcoming We've events. got one event. And I've got, but before we do that, I've got on mind that um, I, I think that this year people should be expected for us at Tarpod to even make some subtle changes or tweaks to what we're doing. So just look out for it. One of them just might well be TikTok, young lady. I got some ideas. What are, you, are you and Bonnie ganging oh, up? Oh yeah, we got some ideas. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. What's the Always event? happens. I tell What's you the now, event? people. All right. So the one event is the Melbourne Recruiter Meetup, which is on the first of February. They are swinging into action really early Gee, this year. Aren't they? Okay. So I think it's the Mantel Group on Flinders Street or Flinders Lane. So just mm-hmm. have a look on the meetup.com site for Melbourne Recruitment Meetup. I did post in LinkedIn this week. So jump on there with a link straight through to the meetup site. So the title of this chat is going to be a panel. It's going to be the role of DE&I and in 2024 and beyond expert perspectives and forecasting. So they've got incredible female leaders on this panel. Uh, one of them is our very own Natalie Flynn, the, co- the founder and CEO of Equity. So also a winner of the Innovation Lab. Mm-hmm. It's a shit and fucking great concept, really. And we've got a Dr. Morley Muse, co-founder and director of iSTEM, uh, Women's Agenda 2022 Emerging Leader. And then we've got Mary Beth Hosking, who's the CEO of Vic ICT for Women, which is runs a great event. A It'll really be fascinating. I used to go to those a lot, actually, before COVID hit. And there'll be pizza and beer. There always is pizza and beer in Melbourne. Yeah, so that, that, that'll be great to kick off. Make sure that you're doing yep. your networking. Um, and I reckon, I don't know about you, Lauren, but I reckon 2024 is going to be a very big year for events and I think we're going to get some great content oh, too. Oh, man, do we have some good events coming up. Mm, mm. We really, really do. I know Indeed have got an event in February coming up in Melbourne. Uh, we've got some top, top secret squirrel stuff we're chatting to you who are another vendor for a Sydney event coming up soon. This is off the top of my head by the time you throw out all the goddamn yeah. meetups. And I'm sure all of you people who are listening who have events coming up will go, oh, shit, yeah, damn, we've got to let Tarpod know so they can put it on the scoop. So let us know what events you've got coming up so that we can promote Absolutely. them for you. Absolutely. Mm. So, um, Craig, are you going to ask me how my summer was or are you just going to gloss over that shit now that I've asked you? How was your summer, Lauren? Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything. When are you going to do it? My parents, it rained. Mum got COVID, so I left. So oh. I went to Hobart and ran a half marathon. Gee. So now you're all now of I'm your. I'm tennis. But... I know. I'm living the dream. Living the goddamn dream. Don't worry. You got the tennis. That'll be fun. Oh, I know. I know. Tennis, all those fun things. So anyway, I'm going now because I'm actually off to the tennis. So. Oh. I'm out, and you can go and do some work, buddy. I will. It's okay. Everyone, that's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Don't forget, slip, slop, slap people. That's unstained dangerous. <laughs> <laughs>